0: Here we go. This comes to us from our good friend, Jordan Maywood. Steamed clams. You call hamburger steamed ham? Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical list This show is one in which I throw forth all the media i have consumed why would i do such a thing why would you want to listen to such a thing well i don't know and also i don't know i guess the reason being is that if i don't do it who will and by that i mean what am i just gonna watch a bunch of movies and tv and not talk about it with anyone sure Sure, I could bore people in my real life with this sort of thing, but that's not fair to them or me. Because then they'll want to do it <laughs> to me, and I don't want to hear what they have to say. just <laughs> freaking buggers. Uh, you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility because I could spoil things for you. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know how many times I have said this, but I know I have said it a lot, and that is, I'm going to try to do this quickly, concisely, no dillying, no dallying. Uh, and usually when I say that, it doesn't happen. But I got things to do today, and uh, I don't, and I, and I want to get to them, and I want to get to them. So I'm going to push a button that will start a our first segment like this. Today's movie monologue sponsor is... Subterranean Axe Body Spray. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, In the Shadow of the Moon. Oh, a Philadelphia police officer struggles with a lifelong obsession to track down a mysterious serial killer whose crimes defy explanation. Why do they defy explanation? Because there's some weird, uh, as Doctor Who would say, some timey-wimey stuff going on in this one, boy. Yeah, uh, murder mystery action thriller with time travel. The end. Uh, it, it, it's a good movie and uh, I, I like that in any time travel movie because uh, the rules of time travel are not actually rules. It's all made up. Um, you, you never 100% can know what's going to happen necessarily. So, uh, And if you're a long-time listener, you will know high marks... Uh, um, go to movies where uh, there's a sort of an unpredictable element I find. Uh, like when I know what's going to happen doesn't necessarily mean I'm not going to like the movie it's just higher marks tend to go to ones where it's like, what the hell? What's, what's going to happen? Oh my god, can you believe that happened? Things of that nature. Surprise of the everyday. The escape from reality even further into a world where you don't know what's going to happen and it's not boring like the actual <clears throat> the real world. Um, uh, so for that reason, rating-wise, you know what? Uh, I'm just gonna go a 3.9. Doesn't quite hit the five because I don't know. Um, it was just kind of a little blah, but uh, still good, still cool moments, and uh, maybe it was the like like murder mystery, uh, actiony thriller ones. Sometimes they are, are hit and miss for me. I feel like thriller in particular, like thriller movies. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Moving on to movie the second, Eli, from 2019. A boy receiving treatment for his autoimmune disorder discovers that the house he's living in isn't safe as he thought. Oh my. Excuse me. Um, Like similar horror movies, which that's what this is, um, started off very uh, scary. uh, And then you sort of do what tends to happen in a lot of horror movies where you see the the baddies the ghosts the ghouls the whatever uh, too soon and too much and then uh, immediately as soon as that happens like the fear is gone for me and then it's just like I'm sitting there watching a movie which is a fine movie uh, it was an interesting premise some uh, also in this I will say some some good twists and turns things that you weren't expecting do happen in this so for that reason I'm gonna give it a 3.9 as well hey I wasn't planning on doing that. Which is a little behind-the-scenes action I will give you. Um, I have no idea what I'm going to rate movies before I start talking. Uh, I just uh, I throw out what I feel. These are not rating so much as feels. On a five-point feel scale. Ooh, you know what? That might be the title of this episode. Let's see. Five-point feel scale. Yeah, I like that. Uh, movie the third, I think? But who's counting? I am apparently a Parasite from 2019. Uh, This movie definitely falls under the category of... Well, uh, I think it was nominated for a bunch of stuff. But also movies that I keep hearing people on podcasts talk about. Which uh, you'll know is is a a category I have. Where if I hear enough people talk about it and say how much they love it. uh, I'm going to seek it out and watch it. And that is just what I have done. I think because I have heard... Jeez, I couldn't even put a number on it, but let's just say a lot of people speak so very highly of this, and you know, awards and nominations and such. I think maybe I went in with too high expectations. That being said, I still loved it. Uh, I don't think I can give it a 5 out of 5, though. Uh, I'll go with solid 4.24. All unemployed. Kai Tak and his family take peculiar, which I know as soon as I saw that word, I know that's a word I have trouble saying. Peculiar. Peculiar. It just doesn't feel right in my mouth. Ew. Uh, Take peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks. That's the last name of a person. <laughs> As they ingratiate themselves into the lives and get entangled in an unexpected incident. Yeah, so this uh, family sort of uh, uh, shysters their way into um, uh, uh, the lives of this family in various roles. So, you you know, you got a tutor, driver, maid, and art teacher tutor. Yeah, two tutors. Uh, for this very rich family with two kids. I guess you need one tutor per kid, right? That makes a sense, I suppose. Uh, uh, good. Uh, some creepy moments. There was always moments where I thought maybe the family was going to turn on one another. and uh, But but apparently they just loved each other a lot. Which I, I liked because there was a, a few times where... And they even did it uh, uh, like obviously on purpose. Where you thought the family who had tricked these people was going to be mean to one another. But uh, no, uh, I like that when it was just all them together. It was just like pure love the whole time. So it was a a good juxtaposition is a word one might use. And I did use. Moving on to the final movie, Joker from 2019. Not the Joker. For some reason, I thought it was the Joker. Uh, Should I really read the MDA? Yeah, let's see what it says. Why not? In Gotham City, uh uh-huh. Mentally troubled comedian Arthur Fleck, is disregarded and mistreated by society. True, not sure. He then embarks on a downward spiral of revolution. Oh, okay, yeah, and bloody crime. This path brings him face to face with his alter ego, rather the Joker. Uh, Yeah, so a lot of talk about this movie has gone back and forth, and uh, I think it's a fine movie. Uh, Didn't blow me away, and uh, didn't feel what some people feel, that this is a a glorifying violence. Uh, I thought that... uh, I, I didn't have that feeling. Maybe it's the desensitization... Uh, from watching uh, violent movies from a very young age. But, uh, you know, sure it was violent, but no more than other things I've seen. Look at some Quentin Tarantini Tarantini movies. Those are the the shortcuts that you can get of his uh, films. Uh, Rating-wise, I'm going to go solid Uh, 4.7. Yeah, that's how much I liked it. It was a a fine film. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, man creepy. Uh, You know why? Yeah, you know what? I did have one thought. Um, And and this has been talked about so much, so I'm probably not treading on untrod ground. Um, The fact that people complain that this is glorifying violence or whatever. um, The reason I don't, I I feel like I didn't feel that. The reason I feel like I didn't feel that is because uh, uh, to have it glorified wouldn't You have to want to be uh, 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 Arthur Fleck. Uh, Shouldn't that glorification make you wish to be in his shoes? Whereas uh, watching this, his life is just a a horrible piece of garbage. And uh, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, all the horrible things that happened to this guy. So, I don't know. That is a thought I had. Let's move on to television talk. Uh, Today's Television Talk sponsor is the Beyond Tribble Burger. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, what I have done is watched all of the Short Treks. If you're unfamiliar with Short Treks, something that uh, the good people over at Star Trek Discovery have done is in between seasons, apparently, they uh, uh, record a bunch of little short, you know, uh, 5, 10, 15, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, long videos uh, uh, that sort of focus on different things that are happening not necessarily in the main story of the show. So uh, uh, little teases, little uh, uh, sort of vignettes, I suppose is a word one could use uh, and, and they' they're, they're fun they're interesting and I love them and it's a very smart idea I feel like to sort of keep people interested release these little things in between seasons very very smart there was six. Uh, 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 short treks in the season two, I believe they've called it. So we're going to run them down, see what they are. First one is Q&A. Okay, yeah, this is uh, 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 introducing Spock as the newest member of the Enterprise, which is a pretty fascinating. <laughs> pretty fascinating. That's interesting that I use the word fascinating, not at all on purpose, because Spock quite often says fascinating. This was uh, very, very cool. Um, so it was Spock, His first time beaming on board, uh, sort of getting acquainted with uh, uh, the second-in-command, a.k.a. number one, which is confusing. Second-in-command, call me number one. And um, they get caught in an elevator, or a turbo lift, rather. And the sort of hijinks that ensue there. Uh, They're singing. (laughs) It was fun and crazy. And one thing I like they did... If you uh, don't know Star Trek lore, or uh, rather if you know it a little bit, you will know Spock is a Vulcan, Vulcans uh, don't show emotions. I was going to at first say don't have emotions, but no, uh, that's not accurate. They have them, they just don't show them. But in the pilot of the original Star Trek series, uh, uh, Spock, uh, Leonard Nimoy, uh, did show emotions. So it was... Uh, uh, interesting to see that in this short track, which takes place before that, he was still showing emotions. And and that was... I, I think they sort of... I don't know if they retconned it, or just made it part of the sort of lore that he f- had not yet fully controlled his emotions. Not that he ever really did, but uh, he was still a little loosey-goosey with, like, letting smiles out, having a laugh, as it were, so uh, I, I like that. <laughs> Excuse me. Moving on to... Uh, let's save that one for last, because that's my favorite one. Uh, move on to Ask Not. Oh yeah, this one was cool. Uh, when an attack on Starbase 28 leaves a surprise prisoner under cadets. Okay, so... This one is with Captain Pike testing out a new security officer through an incredibly elaborate and, uh, I feel like, traumatizing experience. So basically, they put this... Uh, A a new recruit, a a new member of the crew uh, in charge of the prisoner. The prisoner was the captain of the ship and then the captain tried to talk uh, uh, his way out of it by saying, "Uh, join me, Uh, it's a big mistake Uh, um, let's take back the ship, that sort of thing. And uh, she didn't do it which I I thought she was going to and the fact that she didn't do it means she passed the test. But you know what, I, I thought after watching this is like Jesus Christ! Uh, how many people? Th- there's got to be people like I. I would have freaking done it. So I guess I would make a bad security officer on board the Enterprise. Ah, oh, sadness. Uh, but, but but very cool, exciting, and traumatizing experience for this young woman. Jesus Christ! Uh, so I liked that one. Moving on to the girl who made the stars. Oh yeah, this one was interesting. So it was. Uh, animated, a uh, uh, computer animation, uh, sort of like your, you know, your, your Pixar's and such, uh, and it was about uh, Michael Burnham as a child and her father telling her a story. That uh, I, I wonder if it, it did have a feel of an actual, like if they hundred percent made it up, pretty impressive. But uh, it did have the feel of an actual myth, like a, like, like perhaps like an African myth of some sort. So it was a very, very cool. Um, uh, when you think about it, uh, interesting that it's a, a 3D generated representation of a sci-fi show where a, a telling of an ancient myth is being told so, like wrap all those things together in your mind. And it's just sort of a cool idea and, and, and beautiful as well. So, uh, I liked that one moving on to Ephraim and dots. Oh yeah. This one uh, also animated, but, um, uh, Less computery. Uh, It had to do with a tardigrade. And apparently aboard Starship, there's things that go around and clean. Little robots, which makes sense, but we never really see them. And uh, I I never pictured them looking like this. Like sort of almost humanoid in shape. I obviously picture sort of a Roomba for some reason. Uh, So it was a a, 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 a cartoon of them. And and almost like a Saturday morning cartoon of them. So uh, sort of interesting a take on a I've never there has been Star Trek animated but never like a like it from a children's perspective so a, a children's cartoon so it was fine uh, speaking of children oh segue children of Mars uh, this one interesting stuff happened um, the actual story itself kind of boring not the uh, not much happened uh, two girls uh, I, I think living on Mars, or uh, their parents are working on Mars. Pretty sure that's what it is. Their parents are working on Mars, so they're at home in sort of like a boarding school on Earth. Um, and a series of events put them at odds, and they eventually end up in a, in a fight, in a physical fight with one another. And, and that's sort of the story, and it's sort of boring. Nothing really happens there. But it's the backdrop uh, setting things up, clearly for Picard, which, uh, uh, from your perspective listening to this, has already aired the first episode, so let's assume I'm right. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, uh, we even see Picard, uh, um, not himself, but like a a video of him, and and apparently uh, I have a feeling that uh, Picard, the series, is going to revolve around uh, Mars, or or at at least some of it. uh, the, the troubles on Mars which I think is some Star Trek lore like uh, the fact that Earth and Mars there was a time where they didn't get along or something like that and, and maybe that's being reignited that that, that sort of uh, quote unquote war between the war between the worlds so uh, th- that was a pretty cool one uh, just in terms of what it is setting up it felt like so I like that last but not least in fact most. Clearly, if you've watched these all and have listened to this podcast, it should come as no surprise that The Trouble with Edward is clearly my favorite. Uh, uh, H. John Benjamin. Are you kidding me? Get him in there? Tribbles? Jesus. Uh, so this is the origin of Tribbles. Yeah. Insane. Uh, <laughs> uh apparently they were just sort of a, a normal uh, a, a species but uh h John benjamin uh, whatever his character is uh, that's his name right the the guy does the voice of archer let me just scroll down here uh christopher pike background title cast h John benjamin yeah okay uh, the, the titular Edward in this one uh, he's the one who developed the Tribbles to be, basically be born pregnant so that's how they multiply so quickly uh, he did it for the reason that he thought they could be used to feed people um, but I guess nobody wanted to eat which doesn't really make sense for uh, for an enlightened uh, uh, humanoids in the future Um, I don't know do they still eat meat I guess replicated meat is that still meat a lot of beyond meat, let's assume. Anyways, funny, interesting, uh, cool to see a character who's uh, a little crazy. Uh, how did he get on board a starship? How did he get the job? Uh, <laughs> and, and just him in this role was, was pretty perfect. Well, this the, the, Like, five out of five for this, six out of five for this, is one of my favorite Star Trek things I've ever watched, I feel like. uh, Like, laugh out loud, uh, 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 combined with tying tying up some lore from the past, and and, and they even uh, spoke about how, uh, and this uh, is spoken of. Worf mentions this uh, in a Star Trek: The Next Generation episode, how Tribbles ended up on a Klingon planet, and there was like a great war with them, and that that sort of thing, where they had to kill them all. Uh, and that's why Klingons, uh, uh, that's why Tribbles make that weird sound around Klingons. Uh, just just incredible, and I love it. Let's move on. Conan the Librarian! Don't you know that Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> but banter. Today's book manager sponsor is Werewolf Earth Movers Incorporated. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we're on book number five of the Demonada. It is titled Blood Beast. Oh my, by Darren Shan. Uh, okay, so this one, let me read the Goodreads. Grubs Grady has so far escaped the family curse, but when he begins to experience alarming symptoms, the family curse, of course, being werewolfism or lycanthropy if you prefer uh, alarming symptoms at the onset of the full moon he's scared that the jaws of fate are opening and about to swallow him whole <laughs> he has cheated death defeated demons moved on with his life but grubs is torn between the world of magic and his wolf genes. can he fight the beast inside or will he fall victim to his tainted blood blood not funny uh, yeah, so, uh, this, this one was good. Uh, if you listened to my talk of book number four, which was titled Beck, if I do recall, uh, and, and how it sort of, uh, uh, took us out of this main story a little bit and how much I enjoyed that. This one goes back to the main story and, uh, I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, rating wise, I'll go with solid three plus and some interesting moments, um, it, it didn't quite. This is an interesting series, I gotta say, because uh, the ups and downs of me deciding whether or not I want to go on or not has been a real roller coaster. Uh, uh, like last book, uh, uh, the, uh, book number three, I, I, I debated stopping. Um, book number four, I freaking loved, uh, which made book number five. Um, it, it, if it went from three to five, I definitely would have stopped. Um, and, and 5 was okay but then I'm into 6 now uh, because they set it up to be really cool and then it's really good so, Jesus, it's, it's, it's up and down like a goddamn toilet seat. This uh, series I feel like Um. yeah, that's all I gotta say uh, and I wanted to do a quick episode so that works out well let's push, oh shit, do I have a yes I do Today's game cabin sponsor is Good Solomon Arcadian Attorney at Law. Thank you for that sponsorship. Yes, I have, which I feel like I haven't had in a bit. Well, we only play every, you know, four to six weeks, and then there was the holidays from my perspective. Uh, that slows down a bit. Uh, I have for you a DD and d recap, which I haven't had for a while. So this is from the Sliders campaign, which is my own uh, personal homebrew campaign. So uh, this is session number two, which I've entitled... Arcadia fantasy bureaucracy which is a word I know I have trouble with what was the other one from earlier bureaucracy and I can't remember see I can't even remember that other word <clears throat> okay here we go uh, our adventurers start with some delicious not 20 pandemonium pancakes created by chef Vivia yeah uh, uh, so uh, I, I for this character Uh, I created uh, every plane they jump to will uh, uh, unlock a different recipe Uh, and then she'll roll adding her uh, cooking skill Uh, there's a 20 and above uh, 10 to 19 and uh, one to nine and depending on how while she rolls, um, the, the the meal will give different abilities. And the higher you roll, the better the ability. So, you know, that's that. And these were called Pandemonium Pancakes. That was from the last session. Uh, followed by a shopping trip to a scroll shop, some light reading, and lastly, of course, Nadraj supplies our team with some tools that might come in handy, not least of which is Good Salmon. Yes, Nadraj's personality contraption, NPC, spit out an angelic, at least in appearance, lawyer, which could obviously come in handy in a plane dedicated to law and order. Arcadia. Uh, the mechanics of the planar jump are identical to last time with the exception uh, of that Merle, of that of Merle and Princess Kara. Uh, they each are diverted from the main course of the slide and funneled into what their respective armbands called an EEE Extra extraplanar Expedition. Aka side quest. Yeah, so I had uh, two care uh, two players rather uh, couldn't make it. So when that happens, I'll send their characters on side quests, uh, which I'll I'll just type up a little thing, uh, posted in the Facebook group we're all a member of, just so they don't miss out on hundred percent of the fun. I'll uh, give uh, an easy side quest. Uh, I'll give them each three choices: uh, uh, an easy side quest, a medium side quest, and a hard side quest. Um, the, the, the harder you pick, the better the reward, but also the, uh, uh the, the, the more disastrous if you fail on your side quest and all it is, is a simple roll. Uh, um, they add whatever they think, a uh, skill they can use to solve this, uh, the, the, this outlined quest and, and that's it. Uh, we, we roll when they come back, uh, excuse me at the beginning of next session. So that is that. Uh, where was I, Uh, a.k.a. Cyquest, leaving I.R., Zelix and Chef Vevia to fend for themselves, which may not have been an issue, except for the fact that they started off in this plane on the wrong foot. Literally, as it was foots that found themselves walking upon a beautifully manicured lawn with innumerable signs reading, among other things, keep off the grass. In a land where law and order are held in such high regard, it is perhaps not too surprising that even breaking such a simple rule would be frowned upon. However, when our adventurers are brought before Judge Judith Shining and sentenced to death, it seems like a bit of an overreaction. Good Solomon manages to get a recess so that our would-be lawyers can plan their case, and in the sense that they are not summarily executed, they are successful. However... The sentence that is handed down is the pit, which they are thrown into with the knowledge that should they survive, they will be considered time served. The pit turns out to be what is basically a fighting arena or a feeding arena, depending on how you look at it. A silver lion, a gold tiger, and a bronze bear oh my greet them not at all warmly. A difficult fight against these foo animals ends with Chef using her newly acquired gavel to temporarily imprison on a crit, uh, the gold lions, so that the other members can gather round, ready their actions and summarily slaughter the noble beast who temporarily pop back to their astral realm for 24 hours to recoup, no worries. Uh, yeah, uh, Now free of the arena and their crimes, there's a brief interaction with some of the some summer of small primate who is a lover of plantains uh, as a platinum elephant dozes nearby yes uh uh proceeding back towards where they know the portal home will open Coincidentally, in the courthouse from which they were thrown into the pit, they enter Izumi's fishing supplies and licensing office. Izumi specializes in bait-slash-lures that do not harm the fish, which I.R. would surely appreciate if he had not immediately jumped into the pond somehow located in the shop. A pond which... A pond with silvery portals that Izumi lets them know allow the fish to come and go as they please. From the shop, Zelix and Chef do some fishing and they walk away with some gold spent, a fashion fishing rod, a fishing license, and an apparent indication that Zelix has a bit of a gambling problem. Yeah, so I have like a fishing mini game where you could spend gold and uh, potentially get prizes uh, based on what you roll. <laughs> and, uh, the character, or maybe the player, <laughs> of uh, Zelic seemed to uh, uh, not want to leave and just gamble away all this money, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, the serenity of fishing uh, hopefully girded them for their next and possibly most hercure, Herculean of tasks that they will ever face. Their bureaucracy. Oh man, putting a lot of hard words on myself for myself here. Their bureaucracy of the planar passport office. Uh, Time feels like it slows to a halt in this room, and that is likely because it literally does. Perhaps the Arcanians realize that if they do not have spells in this... (sighs) If they do not have spells in this hellish place that prevented time from passing people would spend their lives in this drab boring mind numbing lines. Exhaustion sets in as our adventurers fill out forms wait in line, get the correct forms fill them out correctly, uh, get them stamped and in general feel their lives melt away in a useless puddle of paperwork. At one point Chef Vev nearly flies into a barbarian range only to find herself once more at the back of an interna- interminable line. If only they realized. They had Good Solomon with them. Uh, not an expert in much, to be honest, but paperwork is one spot where he really shines. Regardless, eventually IR, Zelix, and Chef leave this domain with official planar passports. Interesting enough, they are all already, magically, stamped with pandemonium and now Arcadia. And Good Solomon points out in the fine print that it says that if they somehow manage to get stamps in every plane, as unlikely. As that is, they will be granted one wish. Uh, Yeah, so basically I threw the characters into the most boring thing I could possibly think of and tried to drive them insane. Uh, It was was like a a fantasy DMV is almost how I thought of it, where they had to go in different lines, uh, uh, roll uh, how well they filled out the paperwork, did they have the right paperwork, Uh, (laughs) when the barbarian went into the line... Clearly there's some time manipulation going on in this, Uh, like time was literally flowing uh, slower inside, so uh, uh, she was at the front of the line and basically refused to move, so the person uh, behind pushed a button, and then she just found herself at the back of the line again, uh, as as if time had sort of slipped somehow, so uh, that was sort of interesting. Uh, Yeah, basically I tried to take an incredibly boring thing and make it interesting, which was fun for me. Uh, time reverted to normal. It perhaps was wise they did not get involved with the wedding ceremony taking place in a beautiful outdoor venue. Just as the priests got to the speak now or forever hold your peace part, a creak from a trying to be stealthy zealux was enough for the two mother in laws to let loose a stream of obscenities that caused a veritable explosion of fighting between all attendees. Oh well. Yeah, uh, they uh, uh, sidestepped to that. There there wasn't really much of a plan there necessarily, other than uh, I thought maybe they might try to break it up uh, and and get involved. But uh, they did not, which was fine. Uh, The calmness of Milton Wadham's, the loxodon in charge of the confiscated goods locker, is perhaps a welcome respite. The combination of sweet-talking bribery and most of all trickery using the badge given by the Warden of Blackgate Prison uh, gain our team access to the sealed off area. sealed off also for the safety of others at a, <clears throat> excuse me as it is likely easy to get lost in a room that seemingly goes on and on forever into the white mists like the matrix some sneakiness and good old-fashioned investigation mean a handful of magic items not least of which is the keystone document needed to gain access to the courtroom enter the possession of these pilferers it is not until they try to leave that the security measures they have in place reveals their treachery and a furious milton goes into a rage surely this imposing figure will make short work of everyone that is until Chef uh, until Chef's gavel deals another critical hit that banishes poor Milton to a pocket dimension for long enough for I.R. Zelix and Chef to vacate the area. Yeah, uh, she has a uh, uh, it's basically a great club, uh, reskinned as a giant gavel, that on a crit will uh, uh, banish whoever it hits to a pocket dimension um, for one four rounds. Yep, that's it. Uh, and she got two crits in two, uh, in two of the combats. She got two crits. Uh, that is until Chef deals another critical hit and banishes poor Milton to a pocket dimension. Bah, 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 bah. He was so mad I would not be surprised if he gets back and burns the whole plane down to the ground. Milton Wadams is the name of the staple loving character from the movie Office Space FYI. Back in the courtroom uh where this all started our team almost our team is almost warmly greeted by the quietly chatting judge judith shining clearly they survived the pit so with their sentence carried out as far as she's concerned they were all free law-abiding citizens it's only milton's return to the dimension took longer than half hour they had to kill the port to kill before the portal opened they may have been safe but when, re- when word reached the judge, she decided she was going to carry out the sentence there and then, and the sentence was death again. A tense fight could have been much worth- worse were it not for Zelix using the Demon Lord's token to call forth a vrock to fight alongside him. Uh, even with the aid soaking up damage, Bold Minotaur Bailiff and the judge's magic chain grasping gavel uh, were fearsome opponents. Uh, as if two other PCs should have been there. I've put in brackets, yes. It, I, 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 I had less minions than I had planned, but even that, uh, as we will see, was not enough. So much so that as struck the final blow, dealing 1.5 damage, yeah, uh, uh, the Judge had two hit points, and the attack of Zellix literally could only do one point. Like, uh, I forget the the reasons why. It was like, um, there was a reason. So uh, uh, he did do it, but I gave him an extra half and called it even because it would have been dumb to do it otherwise. And sucked in the judge's delicious... Oh yeah, because he wanted to eat her brain, which he did. And sucked in the judge's delicious and orderly brain. I.R. Fight against death itself ir fought against death itself and failed having no healing kit no healing potions and no way to heal at all meant that not much could be done and ir left the plane of arcadia uh he did so as a body r.i.p yeah uh so well we'll save that for the end as Nadir, as nadraj gets word that our adventurers are en route to his home dimension the first thing that pops through the portal are 95, from a D-100 roll, law books that Zelix kick through the portal, followed almost immediately by I.R.'s body. Without even waiting for the others to pop through, he quickly scans the body, nods to himself, and with the push of the button has the body zooming towards the infirmary, where he's greeted by the holographic doctor. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. To which Nadraj replies, death. With one raised eyebrow, the doctor places the body in a pod and pays special care to the armband that seems to hook directly to the ship. The pod, uh, file, the pod fills with a lack of, with, the pod. I don't know what I've written here. The pod fills with a black fluid. is probably what I meant to write. And the doctor says to Nadraj, "You do realize he has to want to come back, and that he will likely be." complications. Uh, Nadraj nods, and the waiting begins. So, yeah, killed my first character. <laughs> uh, that was the end of that one, by the way. Uh, it, it kind of trailed off in a not good way there, I felt like. Uh, my uh, my re- recap. Anyways, uh, killed my first character. Uh, did give him the option to uh, uh, come back through these means. Uh, and the only reason I did that was because I felt like it was a very anticlimactic could have easily been avoided death. Uh, and and uh, the way i try and and I've spoken of this in, in, in other things, maybe on this podcast, I don't know, probably more in the alphabetical DM, um, where my aim is that if you do everything 100% correctly, the roles should not be what kill you. You should not have unlucky roles, and that's why you die, because that is just frustrating. Uh, And I also aim for, if you do dumb things, the possibility exists that rolls could save you. I like that as well, because that makes it exciting. Now, if you do dumb things and have bad rolls, you can die. And that, I feel like, is what happened here. Because no one had any healing items. No one even had a med kit. And people were standing around who could have at least done health checks, uh, 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 medicine checks, and nobody did them. So... Uh, I almost felt like uh, uh, that this th- this character this this player in fact uh, wanted this character to die. There there was a bit of a death wish there. I wanted to re-roll a new character, which he's done, which which I, I don't mind. If he didn't like playing that character, uh, that's fine. It, it was an interesting character, and and I like things about it. But uh, I could see if I was playing this character, there would be things that I wouldn't necessarily like about. It was sort of a a dumb uh, wizard, (laughs) which if you're like a literally low intelligence wizard, which uh, doesn't sound like the most fun to me. Maybe it was. Um, I kind of feel like maybe it wasn't just because when I gave the option uh, uh, and even sort of pushed towards having him come back um, because so much work went into it on both our parts, you know, interesting. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Uh, I, I do like the looks of the the, the, the new character that's going to be starting next session. Uh, it's uh, also dumb, <laughs> but uh, a, a druid this time, which is uh, a little bit better to have a dumb druid than a dumb wizard if you know D&D, and I hope you do. Moving on to... today's internet intercourse sponsor is quitting things thank you for that sponsorship item the first uh, and this one a little bit different uh, this internet intercourse in that i haven't so much brought stuff back for the internet really kind of kind of not at all both uh okay so first is buying a new pc and planning to set it up interesting yes i just bought a, a new uh, pc uh, uh sort of a, a gaming rig one might call it uh all the bells and whistles uh, uh the 2070 uh, uh nvidia graphics card one gig solid drive three terabyte uh, hard drive uh, uh 16 gigs of ram uh lots of good stuff lots of good stuff uh, leds cool fans Uh, It's the uh, CLX Set, S-E-T, and I got it uh, during a Best Buy 4-day gaming uh, PC sale. So, uh, very happy with it. It has all the things I wanted in a uh, in a, in a new desktop, which I've wanted for a while, uh, will not be doing, uh, uh, Nerdcane Adventures Fan Expo next year. That's sort of the sacrifice I'm making because, uh, this thing friggin' a little on the expensive side, but, uh, but, uh, but I'm happy with it. I should say I will be happy with it when I get it because I did get it yesterday, but when I got here, uh, it has a tempered glass front so you could see the inside and all the, the the, the, the glowing bits and all, all all the cool stuff inside. However, that tempered glass was shattered in a bit a million pieces, and <laughs> that's uh, not good. Let's just say because the pieces sort of got in everywhere. And uh, I, I spoke to the uh, the people who were very nice. Uh, uh, it to oh, what was his name? It was it was an interesting name, M- Michaela, Micah. I didn't. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, spoke to uh, the 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 people who make these PCs and uh, going to send it back I've already got all the documentation and they're going to presumably I I actually don't know if they're gonna try to fix this one but uh, there's some structural damage to the case as well so I hope they just do from scratch but uh, we'll see a little disappointing needless to say Uh, the only sort of not silver lining but the reason that I'm not too, too upset is the fact that I have a working PC. It's not like I needed this because mine died or anything. So it's not like there's a an urgency, but still disappointing to open it up and, and just hear like the fuck, like it sounded like a, like a maraca when you move the box because of all the, the, the teeny minuscule shards of broken glass anywhere. And it, there was some debate of trying to clean them out and him just sending me the faceplate. But, you know, you, you turn it on and a piece of glass is in a fan or, 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 or somewhere where you can't see. It's, it's in the video card. Like, you don't know. Like, literally a million pieces everywhere. Uh, so we're, we're not going to take the chance. Plus, uh, uh, I noticed that the, the, the frame looked a little bent in as well. So I could have got that new piece of glass and it just wouldn't have fit on. So we're going to start from scratch. Jesus Christ. So that's disappointing. Also disappointing, wow, this is the most disappointing internet intercourse ever, is uh, that I think I'm going to end the alphabetical DM. If you are unfamiliar, you're not alone (laughs) with what that is. So I I did this, what's going to be a 20-part YouTube series, which is, you know, still pretty impressive, where I... Uh, rated, nonsensically as I do on this podcast, every spell, monster, and location within the Forgotten Realms. Yes, what a monumentous task that I did 20 episodes of before giving up on. Um, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, I, I, I had fun uh, creating you know, all the logos and uh, what, probably one of the things I'm, I'm very proud of is the uh, show opening. The theme song came out really well. Uh, it was to the tune of uh, T for Two, uh, and, and if anything, I recommend you uh, watch the first bit of an episode over there on YouTube, the Alphabetical DM, and, um, and check out the theme song, if anything, because that, uh, that was fun. And uh, I, I, I would do like a main subject uh, every episode, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't not fun, but it was also a lot of work. Like this thing, even though I said I was going to do a short episode, and this is already proving to be a very long one... Uh, It is easy to do this. This podcast like time, whatever the recording time is, is basically exactly what you see. Like there's no editing done and then add like a half hour. Uh, maybe an hour probably not but but probably add a half hour to whatever you see the recording time and that's how long it takes me to do an episode like I've got it down to such a science that it's easy to do and the the, and and it's just like automatic at this point so uh, this was sort of the opposite of that there was a lot of work uh, because you're adding visuals because I did complicated visuals where uh, without giving too much away half of my head is missing <laughs> there. That's got to entice you to go have a look now um, A lot of work for no reason uh, for, for not, not for no reason. I don't feel like saying it like that. It's just like when you make one of these uh, very complicated takes many hours to make videos and then you see that it gets you know uh, one view a little dis- disheartening and uh, it's not a complaint Because, like, what do I expect? Uh, Either it happens or it doesn't. Uh, You could blame the content. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just uh, there's so much out there that finding new things is impossible. What I'm going to do, my thought process is uh, that if somehow these 20 things that are just going to sit on youtube end up being popular somehow some way someone finds them and says oh these are interesting Uh, and then they spread around eventually uh, you know stranger things have happened not much but probably some stranger things have happened if they end up being popular i'm not adverse to bringing them back but as it stands now with the 20 episodes that i have recorded once those are done that's it. I'm, I'm just going to sort of leave it at that is the plan for now. So uh, goodbye the alphabetical DM. You will be missed by probably not many people, <laughs> but uh, I, I had fun experimenting with it. Let's put it that way. It, it's not something I regret. Huh? No regrets. Today's cleanup conversation sponsor is the Russian subway system. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, I think, as predicted last episode, probably going to have some Doctor Who's in these cleanup conversations and, and maybe some Star Trek discoveries and maybe some uh, Star Trek Picards. Who knows what's going to happen as I watch shows that I'm so excited about and feel the need <laughs> to. Um, bring them back here to talk about and not having enough room in television talk. Right? Right. Uh okay, so we're talking Doctor Who season 12 episode 3. So, so very good. Uh it was ca- titled Orphan 55 and uh, really had a, a sort of classic Doctor Who feel where uh, Doctor and team uh show up at a place where things are supposed to be going one way <laughs> and they quickly go awry and the doctor has to hop in and save uh, and that's just what <laughs> oh sorry. shit whoops, sorry pushed the wrong button there uh, Jodie Whitaker at her uh, uh, doctoriest <laughs> I don't know what to say, I'm tired this is a long episode I, I see we just made 49 minutes and I was hoping this would be like 20 minute episode what an idiot So I'm just going to stop because I'm tired. And as we learned in um, uh, the previous segment, quitting things is sometimes an option. Folks, it's nice to be nice. To the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook, you can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory.